Greetings in the name of our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This devotional is titled, An Evil Plan. The Bible says one of the things that God hates is, quote, a heart that devises wicked plans, Proverbs 6.18. God hates evil scheming. Gog is a last-day schemer who in the latter days will come up with an evil plan in relation to Israel. I have often said that plotting Putin is Gog-esque, meaning he is Gog-like, but not necessarily that he is Gog. He wants to leave his mark in history, like that of Peter the Great or Stalin, as making a major contribution in putting the great Russian Empire back together again. In doing so, this Gog-esque one may well set the stage for the Gog of Ezekiel 38 and 39. Ezekiel 38.10 reads, Thus says the Lord God, On that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your mind, and you will make an evil plan. Gog, the leader of Russia, will formulate an evil plan involving a great coalition. It's a plan for invasion and plunder. God already knew the thoughts he would have thousands of years before it would happen. Ezekiel wrote about 2,500 years ago, so God has been on record about this since that time. This evil plotting does not catch him off guard. He is totally sovereign. It is evil on at least two counts. Number one, to come against the land of Israel, which God terms as my land, quote-unquote, my land, Joel 3, 2, is evil. To attack the land of Israel in effect, is an attack on God. He takes it personal because of his covenant relationship with the Jews. Number two, it is evil to take advantage of a vulnerable people just because you can. Gog is all about exploiting the situation to take plunder and booty, Ezekiel 38.12. Ezekiel 38.11 reads, You will say, this, this is the evil plan that he's hatched. You will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. End quote. Israel at this point will be dwelling safely. This is an important description. It's not just emphasized once or twice, but three times in relation to Israel in the context of chapters 38 and 39. It's found in Ezekiel 38, verse 8, verse 11, and verse 14. The reason this is important is because it gives us a hint as to when the timing of this war takes place. The word used, dwell safely, denotes a people who are quiet, at rest, and undisturbed. It denotes rest from military conflict. This exact phrase, as used by Ezekiel, always has in view a time of peace and safety. The first three times it is used in Ezekiel, it refers to Israel dwelling safely in the kingdom, Ezekiel 28, 26, and then in chapter 34, verses 25 and 28. As seen in Ezekiel 38, 11, this will be a time when Israel is dwelling without walls, having neither gates nor bars. The emphasis here is strong. Three times the stress is that Israel will be unarmed, as seen in the phrases, unwalled villages, dwelling without walls, and having neither bars nor gates. That, in effect, describes a time when Israel will have laid down her defenses. 
Her defense will not be up. Israel will be living an unarmed, peaceful lifestyle. She will be unsuspecting and vulnerable. John Ankerberg and Jimmy DeYoung in their book, Israel Under Fire, write, So when the prophet Ezekiel writes about living in unwalled villages, it means that the people will be living in those villages have laid down their defenses. Today it would refer to the Jewish people laying down their military power and trusting a world leader to protect them. That description is the farthest thing from where Israel is at today. Today every Israeli has to be on constant alert and they are militarily armed to the hilt. Israel today is perhaps the most military, militarily alert nation in the entire world. At some point, some unspecified event has to transpire, prompting Israel to let down her guard. That is the description here in Ezekiel. She lets down her defenses and is dwelling safely. Biblically and prophetically, the only time during the times of the Gentiles when, it, when Israel knows a period of dwelling safely and lets her guard down is when they sign a seven-year covenant with Antichrist as found in Daniel 9, 27. This coincides with the day of the Lord initially being heralded as a time of peace and safety. 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 and 2. The Antichrist comes as a man of peace, but shortly thereafter peace is taken from the earth. See Revelation 6, 1 through 4. Once Israel lets her guard down, this northern coalition led by Gog will see their opportunity, and led by an evil plot, they will endeavor to invade the land of Israel. Today, Israel is a formidable military power, but specifically what strikes fear into her enemies is the reality that Israel is a nuclear power. However, Israel desperately desires peace. How can it be that Israel will go from being one of the most armed nations in the world to being unarmed as described in Ezekiel 38.11? Enter Antichrist, the man with the seven-year peace plan. According to Daniel 9.27, Antichrist will broker a seven-year peace plan with many. The many in context essentially is the majority of Jews living in Israel, but also may include the Palestinians and other Arab neighbors, etc. Evidently, Antichrist will broker a deal in which he will ensure their safety. And this may well involve Israel largely disarming themselves. As part of the deal, Israel will evidently also have control of the Temple Mount. Whatever the details in how it happens, Ezekiel sees the time coming when Israel is unarmed. And Daniel sees Israel controlling the Temple Mount with fun uh, functional temple activities, including sacrifice and offering, Daniel 9.27. Antichrist is clearly the broker related to Israel's newfound liberty related to her temple activities. Charles Dyer writes, During the first half of this time, that's the 70th week of Daniel, Israel feels at peace and secure, so the covenant must provide some guarantee for Israel's national security. Very likely, the covenant will allow Israel to be at peace with her Arab neighbors. One result of the covenant is that Israel will be allowed to rebuild her temple in Jerusalem. End of quote. Israel will initially trust the Antichrist for protection, only to find him unable to make good on his promises as seen in the attack of Gog and Magog. God will then supernaturally intervene, which will mark 
a major turning point in Israel. From that day forward, Israel will recognize Yahweh as their protector God, Ezekiel 39:22. God will then be seen as the one who preserves Israel, which he will continue to do even through the darkest times in the day of the Lord. When Christ comes and sets up his kingdom, the Lord himself will be Jerusalem's wall of protection, as we read in Zechariah chapter 2, verse 5, where it says, For I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire around her, and I will be the glory in her midst. Men make their evil plans, but the outcome is in God's hands. In the end, God triumphs over evil. Psalm 33, 10 and 11, the Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He makes the plans of the peoples of no effect. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generations. Lord, we thank you that you're sovereign today over the events that are going on in the world. Uh, these things must uh, go the way they will go, according to your, your sovereign uh, decree, uh, according to your sovereign plans, uh, that which you allow, and you do allow certain things uh, to play out. And so, Lord, uh, we thank you that you are sovereign. And in the end, uh, the counsel of the Lord stands forever. And your plans, the plans of your heart to all generations. We thank you for this. We pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. <music>